to the Envision Podcast. The Envision Podcast is created and hosted by the School Care Team, a nonprofit organization that works alongside schools to nurture cultures of care by encouraging teachers and supporting student well-being through responsive training and strategic coaching. And we're your hosts, Isabel and Shannon. And today we are joined by our guest, Tina, Senior Director of Research and Development of the School Care Team. Welcome, Tina. Yes, thanks for, for coming and being in the Envision podcast today. How are you today? I'm doing well. Yes? Yeah. Nice. I'm a little jet lagged. I got in at 1.30 in the morning last night. So. Oh, Aww. where have you been? I was in New Orleans for a conference. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you learn a lot of things? I did, yeah. Nice. Maybe nice uh, some of what you learned might connect to what we're talking it about today. Will. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm right. excited great. to hear more. Great, Tina. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do here at the school care team? So my title, Senior Director of Research and Development, is actually ideal for me. I feel like it's the first time in my life that my job title and my job description really align with who I am. So when I break down research and development, I love researching. I love looking at what's going on in the world, what are the gaps, but then I don't want to stop there. I really want to develop something to fill in the gap. So that's sort of my role here is looking at what's going on in public education, what's going on in all the sectors of our community, what are some gaps, and then what can we do to provide tools and strategies that fill in those gaps. Besides the school care team, is there anything else you do? Oh, I do all kinds of things. I mean, in my spare time, I like watching Netflix and other languages because I love learning languages. But yeah, my husband and I volunteer also with a ministry called Life in Messiah. So we do a lot of travel for that organization as well. So Nice. I stay busy. So you just mentioned that you like different languages. Is there any other language besides English that you speak? I would say I speak Spanish and then I dabble in a lot of other languages. Nice, Nice, Tina. I I, well, I work with Tina. She's actually my supervisor and I feel like she's very fluent in Spanish. She probably speaks better Spanish than I do. (laughs) And I'm Hispanic, so (laughs) major compliment. Major compliment. Thank you. Tina, what are some what are some things that you like to do for fun? I love to travel. Uh, My husband and I have five children, and both my husband and I love to travel, but we really enjoy taking one of our children on trips at a time to get more one-on-one time with them and expose them to the broader world. So that's one of my favorite things to do. I love studying just for fun. Actually, I like to study the Bible, like to study languages. So I'm just a lifelong learner, I would say. Mm -hmm. What an experience to go on a trip with your parents and just kind of see the world Mm -hmm. and get out of your your bubble. Yeah. I love that. And for them to be exposed to other cultures and just learning from that, it's it's really nice to learn other cultures and just learn their religions, their um, boundaries and everything. Food. Yeah. All the things. Yes. All the things. Being in these adventures and everything, is there something you relate that to like mental health or what's something that you really enjoy learning when you go to these adventures that you do with your family? Yeah, I think what makes it an adventure is I don't have an agenda going into Mm -hmm. it, but I'm open to learning from different cultures, different experiences. And it's interesting what we're talking about today is hope, and I think that really connects. When I travel and see other cultures, I feel hopeful because I see other countries maybe doing things differently, maybe even better than we are, and it gives me hope that there are great ideas out there. We just need to find them. Tina, today we are talking about hope, like you mentioned, And I guess my first question is, what about this topic made it a passion for you? Mm, That's a great question. So I connect hope to a lot of areas of my life and of my work. 
And I think over the last several years, I've noticed that hope seems like a key that's missing in a lot of different contexts. So that's why it's something I'm passionate about. I think if we had a greater sense of hope as individuals, as communities, as a culture, it would right so many wrongs. And working with the school care team, I mean, we interact with students, teachers, and people in the community. When being around them, what is something hopeful that you see or that you're hoping to see? Well, maybe I'll take a step back first and sort of talk about how, what do we mean when we say hope? I think that's maybe a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the word hope in English is a weird word. We use it to say things like, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Right. And what are your hopes for the future? Mm-hmm which are vastly different, Mm -hmm. but we use the same word. So it's taken me a long time to arrive at what I would consider to be a good definition. You can look it up in the dictionary and see all kinds of definitions. But I think the way I view hope is the idea that we can have a better and brighter future, but that has to be paired with the confidence that you actually play a role in that. So for me, that's a really good working definition of hope is just the idea of a better, brighter future and the confidence that I actually have I can impact the future in hopeful ways. So that's how I would define hope. And so my message is everyone plays a part in bringing about a a hopeful future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's missing in many contexts in our culture. We work with educators. We work with both teachers and students. And what first interested me in this topic and how I think it intersects with the mental health field is I have five children of my own and I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of students. And I'm wondering how many of them have a really clear sense of why are they in school? What's the point or the purpose of education? And I think if you don't have that as a student, why would you be excited to get up early every morning, get yourself to school, sit through class? And so to me, if students entered school with that idea that there is a better, brighter future out there for me, and I actually have a role to play in it, and being here in this class, in school, is an important step to get me there, I think that would shift public education. Is there something that teachers can do to help those students you know, get that message of hope? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it starts with educators having the same idea. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of teachers are burned out, rightly so. They have so much on their plates. And I think if if they could be fueled by the same idea, Mm -hmm. that there is a better, brighter future for me, for my students, and I play a role in it, if teachers had that sense for themselves, then it would be passed along to their students. Right. It's contagious, really. I think when you're right. hopeful, it's contagious. Right, right. So for those that are not hopeful, how do we increase hope? How do we find that hope? What are some things that we can do? Yeah, that's good. I've That's been a lot of my research over the last couple of years. It's been a journey to come up with practical ways to increase hope because it feels elusive sometimes that it would be great to have hope. How do we do that? And there actually has been some research done in hope and some different ways to increase hope. And I'll, I'll mention an activity that we do with students. One of the programs that we deliver in schools is called RAP, which is Wellness Recovery Action Planning. Hope is one of the five key concepts connected to wellness in that program. One of my favorite activities is I- asking students to identify where have you seen hope in the past? What are images that remind you of hope? Who are people that remind you of hope? Who are stories, whether that's a fictitious novel that you've read, a movie you've watched, the story of someone who you know, a story from your own life, asking them to take time to reflect on that and identify where have they seen hope in the past. It's a great way to increase hope. It it accesses the parts of the brain 
that mm-hmm. remind us mm-hmm. when we felt hopeful. So we sort of re-experience that hope when we remember those things. We include lyrics that could be song lyrics or poems or scripture verses that just words that bring hope to people. So just reminding people of when they've already experienced it is a really important first step. Right. Is there a time or a memory or a song or something that connects you to Mm, hope? Yeah, I love participating in that activity and I end up coming up with something different every time. So I have 10 nieces and nephews, about half of them are married and have started having their own children. And so when I go to family gatherings, I'm around a lot of little kids. And that is one of the times when I experience the most hope, just seeing young people uninhibited by their surroundings, enjoying one another's company, that gives me a lot of hope. So that is always something that comes to mind. I love little children, even in the airport yesterday. I just make eye contact with kids and smile at them. (laughs) And the look on their face brings me a great deal of hope. So that's one really easily accessible way that I can remember feeling hopeful. And in the community, obviously, we can't really do these activities. So in the community, what what do you recommend us to do to increase that hope? Yeah, I have a couple of different ideas. So I'll mention, here's a shameless plug, we actually have a YouTube channel. uh, The School Care Team has a YouTube channel where we upload videos every week called Mental Health Minute. And we actually have a series of three videos that highlight three of the biggest themes that have emerged out of my research into hope about how we can increase hope. And the first one of those is setting goals. And it might sound boring or academic, but when you actually take the time to think through what do I want to accomplish in the future and how am I going to get there and how am I going to stay motivated on the days when I don't feel very motivated, that increases hope. Because if you remember the first half of the definition is that there is a better and brighter future which means we have to have goals. And then the second half is I actually impact it. So I can't passively sit back and say, I hope the future is better. I have to take ownership of it and do something. So that's one really powerful way, I think, to increase hope. Isabel, have you happened to see any of those videos? I actually do. I actually upload them every Monday. (laughs) So, And we also, every Friday, we uh, post on Instagram, School Care Team. We relate these posts to Total Health Minute videos for Monday. So check out our Instagram and YouTube and, you know, share with your friends and family members. Do you have a Mental Health Minute video that you've connected with yet? I feel like, in a sense, I connect with all of them just because I went through rap already and before taking a rap, I didn't have this plan or nothing like that. So having these videos just to remind me where my boundaries are at and where my hope is at, it's 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 really nice to have them. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. I, I just want to ask, uh, I'm sure Tina wants to know too, Isabel, do you have a uh, a hope, something that you connect hope with in your life? Yes, my son. <laughs> like um. Tina mentioned, I like being around kids, especially little kids, just because they're literally sincere and they're honest with you. And I really enjoy being around them because they come out with the randomest ideas ever. And it's like, wow, where do you come up with those ideas? And it's, it's nice being around them because that's where hope is at. That's where the future is at. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. How about you, Shannon? How does hope show up in your life? Where do you see hope? Yeah, so this is kind of tricky for me. Hope has been super elusive. Like Tina mentioned, it's just kind of an elusive um, word. And I uh, went through a rough patch in my life. I went through a pretty um, severe, uh, I guess you could say trauma, but just a difficult situation. And the word that kept coming up for me was hope in so many different facets. My friends were telling me 
hopeful things. I um, actually received a necklace that has the word hope on it. And I wear it often, especially when I'm struggling or feeling like I'm just having a rough time. Um, And so hope has shown up in songs. It's shown up in um, verses in the Bible. It's shown up in just encouraging notes from friends. Um, So for me, I also feel as though I'm a mountain climber. So (laughs) setting goals really relates to me. So anytime I set a goal or I'm looking forward towards something I'm trying to accomplish, I feel very hopeful and motivated. Um, And hope is something that I cling to, even though it's hard to explain. Uh, It is definitely something that I feel shows up in my life on a regular basis. Thanks for sharing that, Shannon. I do have a few more questions, though, uh, for Tina, especially what are more strategies? So we've talked about a few, but are there more? Yeah, I do have a couple that were surprising to me when I read about them. And the first one relates to moving your body. So I was really surprised to learn about the connection between not just physical exercise, but literally just moving your body and increasing your levels of hope. So what I appreciate about the research is that it connects to brain science. It's not just a feeling, increasing your feeling of hope. It actually increases it in your body. So one of the pieces of research relates to something that's released in our bodies any time that we move our muscles our body releases what are called myokines. And we've actually known for years about the health benefits of myokines for our physical health. But now we recognize that when we move our bodies, it actually increases our hope level. And it doesn't need to be super difficult exercise or for long periods of time. Any time that you're contracting your muscles, your body is releasing this chemical that in your brain is interpreted to increase hope. So I was surprised by that. And then one final one that I want to hit on is being outdoors. And when I think about today's young people compared to when I was a young person, there are all kinds of comparisons we could make. But one, I think, unfortunate difference is that young people aren't spending as much time outdoors as we did when I was a kid. So knowing that there's a lot of brain research showing how important it is to be outside to increase our hope levels, it's a, it's a simple strategy, really. Just get outdoors. So I want to tell you about a study that was fascinating. They were doing a lot of brain research, and they wanted to know what's going on in the brains of these people who are about to study before we start the study? They were essentially asking, when we think our brains aren't doing anything, what is actually happening in our brain? So they hooked people up to the monitors while they were waiting to begin the actual study, and they were doing a side study into what's going on in the brain, and they recognized something that they call the default mode network. So it's a circuit that our brain goes through when we're not actively engaged in thinking about something. But what they discovered is that the default mode network tends to be really negative, Mm. and it does one of two things. And so if you think about this, when you're bored and you're not really thinking about anything, your mind starts to wander, our brains usually wander in one of two directions, either to the past or to the future. Mm. And when we start thinking about the past, unfortunately, our brains are wired somewhat negatively, so we tend to go to negative things, like maybe someone who insulted me yesterday or somebody who pulled me off in traffic and I start to go to the past and I start getting really angry and frustrated and all sorts of negative things or I start thinking about the future but it's not usually in a positive way it's usually worrying about something so we can see how those two activities are really connected to anxiety and depression so one way to break that network is just getting outside why do you think we tend to see the negative and not the positive 
Yeah, that's a good question. There are a lot of theories. I don't know that there's a right answer, but a theory is that if you think about in the distant past, when we would have been living in more outdoor settings, living in the middle of the forest, for example, our brains had to be on high alert all the time. So we wanted to see negative changes in our environment to protect us. And our brains haven't actually caught up now that we don't live in a constant threat of danger around us. So we just tend toward the negative. There's a lot of research into why it is, but it remains true that our brains tend to be negative, unfortunately. I have a question. Yeah. Is it possible to change that or fix that? Yeah, I think our brains will always be wired that way so we can train our brains more toward positivity. So... For example, the practice of gratitude has been shown to rewire the brain. But when we're thinking specifically about increasing hope, these are the kinds of things that actually work. So moving our bodies, especially to music and even especially with other people. So if you think about times when you've been dancing with your friends, you were not experiencing a lot of anxiety or depression. And if you think about a time when you're hiking in a beautiful place outdoors, your brain does not go to the past or the future. It's right there in the present moment. So these are simple strategies that we can do. Move our bodies, get outside, set some goals for the future, and then focus on times when you've experienced hope in the past and how can you replicate that experience. Are there any other benefits of being outdoors that you could share with us? Yeah, there's so many benefits of being outdoors, but specifically related to hope, it's fascinating when you look at the research. Uh, there are programs in other countries of the world that combine all of the things I just mentioned. So they're bringing people together in community. Maybe they're working in a garden together. So not only are they communing with other people, they're not looking at a screen. They're growing things that are either beautiful to look at or healthy to eat. Uh, and they're moving through the garden. So I think there are ways that you can combine all of these. And this is what I would love to see schools do, is start thinking about how can we use these simple strategies to increase the level of hope in our students and in our teachers. I believe even like households, but I remember being outside all the time too and nowadays I mean you don't see kids at all playing outside mm -hmm. so it's kind of sad to see that but I would really want to see you know parents you know grandparents whoever is watching the child to like encourage them to go outside mm -hmm. to you know connect with nature connect with their friends outside because I mean back in the day we always knew who was at whose house by seeing the bikes outside yeah, but that's just like hopeful to mm -hmm. me that like brings back hope like just seeing the bike there and everything so yeah. i just wish we could show our youth now that you know there's hopeful things you can do besides being at mm -hmm. home playing video games being on your phone all the time so yeah so tina i mean we've been talking about what hopeful is you describe hopeful you gave us some strategies but what hopeful message will you give to someone that is listening to this podcast that may need to listen to a hopeful message. I think the message would relate back to our definition. I think people can get stuck in negativity. So if we can help people recognize there can be a better future and you actually play a role in it. You're not a passive participant in your life. And I think sometimes when people get stuck, it does feel like I'm going to be here forever. So if we can help people recognize that they play a role in bringing about a better future, I think that's a hopeful message. Yes. So I think looking to the past is a good way, the hopeful messages from the past, to remind people that you have experienced it in the past, you can experience hope again in the future. Thanks for sharing that, Tina. I, I agree with her. I agree. I love it. Thank yes. you. That's Before we let you go, we do want to play a game that we usually play with our guests. It's called Brain Bounds. Hey. Brain Bounds. So Brain Bounds, basically what me and Shani are going to do is we're going to come up with a random question right in our head. 
right now. And we're going to ask you the question, but you have less than three seconds to answer it. So whatever pops up in your head, that's what you say. Are you ready, Tina? So much pressure. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite food? Sushi. Mm, yum. Favorite country to eat food in? Israel. I love mm. the food in Israel. Mm. Ranch or barbecue? Barbecue. Dogs or cats? Neither. Favorite animal? Elephants. Vegetables <laughs> or fruits? Oh, summer or fall? Mm, I love fall. The beach or the mountains? The mountains. Swimming or hiking? Ending a hike with a swim. Favorite holiday? Yeah, I actually have gotten a lot more into Jewish holidays recently <laughs> than our holidays, and so I would say the fall feast. Sugary drinks or non-sugary mm, drinks? Non-sugary. Pineapple on pizza or no pineapple? I'm going to go with no because it comes with ham and I don't eat ham. So so you'd have just the pineapple. I actually have had, could. A, I've had coconut, date, and pineapple on pizza. And that was delicious. Mm. So yes to pizza <laughs> with pineapple. <laughs> uh, driving or flying when you travel? I actually like road trips. Favorite country you visit? Oh, my goodness. I've visited 22 countries. So that's a very difficult question. Spain was my first international experience. So it holds a special place in my heart. A scheduled day or free-flowing day? Scheduled with the flexibility <laughs> to free-flow. Jeans or sweats? Leggings. <laughs> Leggings. I love that answer. <laughs> Socks or bare feet? Bare feet. Mm. It's almost Christmas, right? So, real tree or artificial tree? Definitely real. Are you a decor person? Do you like to decorate, Tina? I decorate less than I used to. I've simplified my life. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. But I do have a collection of nativities from all the countries I've visited. So oh. those usually make their way to our. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. You have to show us sometimes. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. What's How many do you one? have? 37, I think. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. Do you, now, do you put them all out or do you do one at a time? Or do you put them all out at the same time? Yeah, it depends how we decorate our house every year. But okay. sometimes we have nice. a designated space for all of them. Mm, nice. Well, Very Tina, cool. we really enjoy having you on the podcast today. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Yes. And thank you to our listeners. Make sure to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. So we actually do have a tagline, which is be kind, be you. So at the end, we like to all say it together. So are you ready, Tina? I'm ready. All right. One, two, three. Be, be kind, kind, be you. you.